Welcome, Let's Talk Books. I'm Robin Van Auken, a writer and a teacher. My guest and I want to help you write your own book. We're sharing ideas about inspiration, book publication, and promotion. You can find the episode show notes, a free novel, guides, and tutorials at robinvanauken.com. Enjoy the show. and we're talking about a new book in the works and a course that accompanies it. Tanya is a writer, sacred therapist, and inspirational speaker. As a mental health counselor, she has vast experience working with people from all walks of life. She has a lot of wisdom to share, and her latest project is one that's going to make you sit up and take notice. Her new book is called Exquisite Sexuality, How We Make Sex Sacred Again, Her course is Celibacy Reimagined. Let's get started. Hi, Tanya. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm good. Okay. Uh, Well, I'm going to be speaking with you a little bit today about your upcoming book and the course that you have created to accompany it. Um, If you don't mind, I'm just going to go ahead and introduce you. You are Tanya Anderson, and the book that you're working on is... Exquisite Sexuality, How We Make Sex Sacred Again, and the course that you're working on is called Celibacy Imagined. Oh, I'm sorry, Celibacy Reimagined. Well, that's well, an Well, I think you might have hit something on person. Maybe I will change it to Celibacy Imagined. That might be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like your change to us. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm so glad to talk to you today. Why don't we, t- you know, tell me a little bit about your upcoming book, and the program that you're offering. Okay. My book is called Exquisite Sexuality, and it's how we make sex sacred again. And it came from my private practice. I'm a therapist and clinical mental health counseling. And as I was listening to my clients, it came to me that a lot of our root causes of our issues in our relationships is sex and our sexual relationship. Um, and all those varied components about sexuality. So then I thought, well, okay, so if sex is our issue, what is the solution? And I thought before we could get to a solution, maybe we just need a timeout, right? Just a timeout so we can assess the situation, so we can um, find clarity, understanding, communication before we we enter back into such a powerful, um, primal force. Sex is, there's no such thing as casual sex. We, we've been brainwashed to think that with media and everything, but it's, it's very powerful and it's very bonding because of some of the science behind it. So I just thought, well, okay, let's, let's take baby steps and figure this out together because we owe it to our children. The dangers regarding um, sex without sacredness or without the understanding of its power, it's endangering our children. And so that's where this book all came from, and wow. a lot of prayers and a lot of meditations. Yes, that's very very powerful. So, so you think celibacy is important today? Can you expand upon that a little bit more? Um, because we are bombarded with um, the casualness of sexuality and the free flowing of sexuality, we don't understand the the power behind it where we can easily become bonded to the wrong people, right? We can, and then that's where the heartache comes in. That's where the, sometimes the domestic violence, um, the unclarity, the unspokenness with regards with sexual rules, 
people get really traumatized in their relationships and affairs, divorces, unwanted pregnancies. I can go down the list of all the challenges with when we're, we don't hold sex sacred. STDs, abortions, blah, blah, blah. It's just a mindful of heartache. So when you, take, when you decide to choose celibacy, it's an ability to say, take a time out, assess the situation, and just go move more forward with mindfulness and with understanding. And in an ideal situation, to bring God's presence into the sexuality. To, if you are religiously minded, bring your religious beliefs into your sexuality because it's a, it's a, a comfort, it's a warmth, it's a navigational, it's a way to move forward in a healthy way, in a wholesome way, in a way that we know. Um, I think we've just forgotten because my research has showed that we did, as a collective people, understand the sacredness of sexuality. We did. We do know. We all know. I knew. We all know when we're in these relationships that um, this is not right, and we do it anyway. (laughs) Well, speaking of relationships, um, what if you're already in a relationship? Can it complicate a relationship if you're thinking about celibacy and you haven't spoken with your partner about it, or how do you get your partner on board? I realize that's a complicated, multifactorial question. Take it a step at a time. (laughs) If you're in a relationship and you're thinking celibacy might be a really good way to take a time out, how do you get your partner to get on board with the idea? Okay, so I think it's an excellent question because it's just an excellent question. If you have complications with this question and talking to them about it, it's an indicator that there's an issue. And to be really honest, if one person's not completely happy in the sexual relationship, then the other person is really also not happy in the relationship, and they may not just know it or they may not even say it. So this is a win-win for everybody if you're brave enough to have this conversation and understanding that, hey, this is me. I need a timeout. My, my mental health and my wellness, my physical well-being is at stake here. So we just need a time out. I still love you. And then a time frame. You know, maybe we need seven days or maybe we need a month. You know, there, this is not something new. This is ancient, especially to the Jewish uh, couples out there. There's a lot of Jewish people who do practice a form of celibacy every month for a period of time. So there are some things that you could, like... Um, seven days. I do believe it's called Nida. I was studying it. I think it is. But it's where they just choose that they're not going to have sex through the cycle of a, uh, a woman's menstrual cycle. And it's having gone through this whole mikvah process, it is empowering to women. It, it can be very empowering to women. It can be empowering to the relationship. You know, and if a woman or a man is full and happy and content, you're going to have a better sex life. If you are more communicative to each other, you're going to have a better sex life. And if for those who are more spiritually aware or, I mean, are practicing, you you know, being more in alignment with your your sacred belief systems is very empowering. And so I made this course so that it could have... Apply to everybody. If you say you chose to be abstinent until marriage, then this will be support that. If you are already in a sexual relationship, you can take a time out. It's not forever. And then reevaluate your relationship. Or, you know, you just want a whole new restart. Let's just start over. This didn't work. So I want to okay. create a new sex way of being sexually. 
Well, I thought that was very interesting when you said if you're brave enough to speak about this, because a lot of times a c couples in a relationship aren't really going to speak. It's, you know, if you've been married for a while and sex has become routine, celibacy might be a way to talk about how, you know, okay, during the week we're a little bit tired and we're a little bit stressed out. So if we decide to be celibate for like, th you know, three or four days a week and then spend nice long weekends where we're enjoying it. I mean, I could just imagine how that could play out. But it comes back down to the whole idea of being brave enough to communicate with your partner. What kind of um, suggestions do you have to people who are in a relationship and thinking about approaching their partner and speaking about the idea of celibacy? Um, I would not talk about it when you're in the bed. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, bad timing. <laughs> not in the car with the kids either. <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate. I've just had to make a joke. I don't think that's the appropriate time to have it. But maybe it's like, you know, plant, say, I ha honey, I have, you know, I don't know. Honey, I have this idea, and I need some time to talk about it with you, and I'm hoping that you will agree with me. That's, that's probably how I would approach it. You know, I, we've been together for a long time. I, you know, I just think that there's more. That's probably another underlying there's, we always know that there's got to be something more to sex. It can't just be physical. You know what I mean? Right. And I think, I'm not going to go more graphic on that, but I just think that people know that there's got to be, maybe they've touched on it at some point, you know, and sometimes when people, they, you, they use the word God in their sex life sometimes. So you have to understand that people, are, I'm not saying something new here. Everybody knows that there's something divine involved with sexuality. Children are conceived in it. Does that make, it's a, it's a miraculous process. Right, right. Well, let's talk about for the single people out there. If they're single, why bother with the concept of celibacy if they're not in a relationship or seeing anybody? For example, you know, I'm a single person, not me personally, but a single person who's not seeing anybody and who is not actively sexual. What is attractive about the concept of mindful celibacy? Well, the for me, and I'm just going to speak from my ex experience and what I'll be talking about in the workshop, is that you begin to choose better partners. Your energy will shift. It will change. You will come to a higher vibration, and you will not be participating in the lower uh, sexual activities that have left you depleted, have left you empty, have left you lonely, have left you sad, who left you abandoned. I mean... When you start raising your vibration to a higher level, a more sacred level, you will meet partners that have the same level. What I found was really fascinating that I'm going to admit it, the first 30 days of my celibacy was horrible. It was so difficult because I was in my 20s and I didn't realize that, oh my gosh, I was having sex a lot. And it becomes just fact, especially nowadays when you're 20s, you just, that's, you know, you have sex. Everybody, it's assumed that you just have sex. And, and so when I stopped, the first 90 days were horrible because it had to be a consciousness like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have sex. I'm not going to choose sex. Until after the 30, 90 days, then after that, it was, it was easier. So then you start feeling this beautifulness about your body, and you don't want to share it with someone who is not feeling the same way. And after a period of time, you won't even, they, you won't even be attracted to those people. You'll only be attracted to people who are like similar-minded. Well, and, and that's and actually, that, that's, uh, that's the answer to the question I had next was, couldn't it be 
celibacy, celibacy would be a physical and a mental hardship for somebody. But you're saying that after 90 days, it becomes almost a serene experience? I would, I would, I don't know how long, it's probably going to be individual for each person, but the more that you bring your spiritual self into the place, you are going to become, find more peace. It'll be, begin, in the beginning stages, it's easy, okay? From, I'm just talking from a woman's perspective. For the first 90 days, oh my goodness, I don't have to worry about a missed period. I'm not worrying about getting pregnant. I'm not worried about getting um, an STD or whatever. You know, I'm not worried about if he's going to call me back again. I'm not worried if I'm going to be embarrassed or, you know, I mean, there's these, so that stuff stops. All right. that stops after 90 days. The next, next thing, you know, well, you have this freedom of that you're not stressed out. Your, your sex life has not become destructive to you. Okay. Right? You're yes. not sitting at home with a broken heart because he didn't call you after you had sex with him or her. It goes both ways. Do you know what I mean? Because I do. we leave ourselves so vulnerable. Um, sex is not is a very vulnerable state of being, and so when we don't honor that, we are it's hurtful. It can be hurtful. So, in your I'll opinion, so in your opinion, it, there is no definite time period for celibacy to be effective. Like you don't have to go ninety days. You don't have to go thirty days. It all depends upon the individual. It, exactly. You know, it's your, everybody's sexual journey is unique on itself. I'm just supplying what I find to be a tool so that you can have more peace in your life. Because sex is such a huge part of ourselves. If that part of our lives is not at peace, then we're not at peace. Well, can you talk not, about the concept? Have a deeper peace. Can you talk about the concept of the spiritual level that you're hoping people will be able to achieve with celibacy? Um, you mentioned before in, in your coursework about the concept of, of a touch or a kiss being more poignant and significant when you've had this longer period of abstinence? Mm, that's a loaded question. That's a lot to it. But let me see if I can answer it for you. Um, in my research, I've gone back all the way to the saints, uh, Hildegard Bingham in the 1100s, and I've been reading sacred poetry and the way that they talk about sexuality, the touch, the embrace, the um, we knew that there was a power there. We knew the power, there was a power of presence. There's a power of seduction. There's all kinds of, it's written in all the poetry, and I've, I'm going to include that in our the workshops, so that we can hear what it sounds like, you know. We can sense it, and then basically that's what I'm thinking. This is a, um, a workshop about a remembrance because we've, we've, we've let go of that. The souls, when we kiss, it goes soul to soul. We touch our souls. When we touch each other, it creates a bonding. Now, there's science behind that with, um, with the, the chemicals that are released in our brain, and um, that's part of it, too. So it goes together. Science and spirituality go together to create this primal force within our bodies, which I do believe is, is one of the... Um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is on our prime. It's our first level of sex, procreation, and in order to bring another human being into the world, it would have to be something very powerful. Tell me about your course then. How are you going to ease people into the concept of celibacy? You have a schedule okay. and different ideas for each day. <clears throat> yep, it's a five. It's a five-day course, um, one hour 
one hour each night, beginning on the June 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll go. We'll, we'll be going through the understanding the importance and benefits of celibacy. So I'll go into deeper why it's beneficial to be celibate, celibate and um, for both men and women. And then on the day two, we'll talk about the preparation and planning of celibacy. And it can be fun because it's kind of like going, it may be going gold, cold turkey for some people. Do you know what I mean? And, and how you, you know, we discuss how you talk to your partner, how they bring it on because it will require them to be celibate too. But there are ways that will include communication you know, having date nights and things like that, and finding other ways to um, to just try something new, try something different, try to refresh your sex life. And then the second day three is commuting a support, creating a support system for celibacy when it gets difficult. Like you know, have support systems. Like oh my gosh, trying not to move yourself into automatic mode. Okay, this is what we do on Tuesday nights. Boom, boom, boom. You know, try to to move that. And the best way. I can sense that is with my own. Um, I had this, I had this feeling of sexuality, and I went and got a bowl of cereal. It was automatic. I caught myself. Do you know what I mean? So just being aware of our senses through meditation, we can be able to find more mastery. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, it's like it's because if sex is automatic like that, like I just instantly went and got a bowl of cereal. I caught myself. So this is what we're going to do on um, day three is just to catch ourselves when we go into automatic mode. Because if we go into automatic mode with sexuality, there's no sacredness there. And the people, they're not really satisfied. I'm just thinking that it can be more. On day four, we'll go into the sacred, which leads into the sacred aspects of sexuality. And there, um, there I will just try to integrate, have people have their own... Um, bring it to incorporate their own sacred beliefs, whether they are Christian or Catholic or Buddhist or, you know, just mindfulness or spirituality or Christianity. I just think that that's really important for people to bring their spiritual beliefs into sexuality so that they can be in alignment with that. You know, there's no self-betrayal. And another side of that, too, is that there's such amazing, beautiful poetry that's written, and I'm going to integrate that, too, so that we can become more aware of you know, what we used to know, a remembrance of the sacredness. And that was day four? Yep, and that leads us directly into day five, Friday, the last day, which is how celibacy leads to a more sacred life. So if you're integrating um, sacredness into your sexuality, it will move into other aspects of your life too. And those are, that's the five-part workshop, Celibacy Imagined. I think I'm going to actually change the name to what you said. So not just celibacy imagined. I love that. Well, I'm happy to help. Thank you so much. Well, this is fascinating. (laughs) I really appreciate it, and I plan to be there. Okay, great. Thanks so much, and I appreciate you asking me. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed the show and that it inspires you to think about your sex life. Okay, that's not fair. I'm pretty sure that as humans, we think about that part of our lives every day. But maybe Tanya's suggestions will help you tackle a problem you've been ignoring or reconsider behavior that may not be healthy. Whatever your reaction, I hope you'll appreciate that she's interested in helping people and reach out if you think she can help you. You can find Tanya's books and workshops on her website, anexquisitelife.com, and on her Facebook pages. You can find me online at robinvanaugen.com. While you're on my site, 
download my novel, West Wind. It's free. And speaking of free, I've got half a dozen free resources for writers and other creatives, so sign up today. Check out the episode and the show notes at robinvanockin.com slash session 23. Thank you so much. And if you haven't done so, hit that subscribe button on your device. Goodbye. Thank you.